Are you overflowing with thankfulness this morning? I am. Let's pause and we'll pray. Lord, we do thank you for this day. We have so much to be thankful for. And so God, one of those things is your word. And you have blessed us with it so that we can learn from it, so that we can learn from you, so that you can speak through it, and so that we can learn your will in our lives. So God, as we look to your word just now, we pray that you would speak clearly through it, that you would minister to our hearts and to our minds, and that we would come away from these moments changed because we have met with you. Fill our hearts with gratitude this day, God, and speak to us. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's wonderful to have you sharing with us today as we gather here in the presence of our Heavenly Father and with one another. We've come with gratitude and thanksgiving today, recognizing His goodness God's mercy, His faithfulness. There's, there's so many things we can be thankful for, right? We have so many blessings in our lives. What are you thankful for? Let's hear it. What are you thankful for? Canada. Canada. We live in a very, we're very blessed. Even the opportunity to gather here like this, not uh, something to be taken for granted in our world. Oh, come on, there's, a hundred, there's people here everywhere. Come on. Our church, family. Our church family. Bless you, John. I'm thankful for that, too. My husband. Your husband. I'm thankful for your husband, too. <laughs> the, band. the band. We've been so blessed with a great worship team, I tell you. They are absolutely... <laughs> Both those who are serving today and others who serve and they change it, we're so thankful for them. What else we got? Vacation. Vacation. Education. Education. Not quite the two same things. <laughs> Sorry, I missed on that one. All right, what else we got? Kids. Your kids. Wonderful. Grandkids, our Heavenly Father. See, we've got so much to be thankful for. And I'm sure we could go on and on and on. Because God is good, right? And He blesses us. Well, I'm thankful for the opportunity today to be sharing with you, and I'm humbled, I'm honestly humbled by the opportunity that is mine today to to break open the Word of God with you. And so, I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles. We looked it up a little bit earlier from Psalm 107. Uh, You look it up in your Bible or, you know, with the app on your phone, but it's great to have that in front of you. I mean, the notes will be on the screen. But there's something, I think, about holding and sort of seeing the Word of God in our hands and before us. So I'm going to invite you to do that. Psalm 107. I want to thank Margaret for reading that for us and uh, sharing that passage today. And again, just a note, if you want to participate in our service in that way, we're looking for people to, to share and to read Scripture and stand. So I'm going to ask if you want to do that. Contact the office. The best way is to send me an email. Because you'll appreciate after our service on Sunday, I connect with a few people, and I'm sorry if it slips my mind on a Sunday after church. So send me an email or get a hold of me, call me, do something, and we'll make sure you get on the list to do that. Because we want to serve our church and, and our Heavenly Father 
in that way. I think there's something sacred about that. But our passage today from Psalm 107 is particularly relevant, I think, as we gather this Thanksgiving Sunday to rejoice and give God praise and glory and as we come with gratitude for all that he's done. And this passage begins by celebrating God. That first verse. Want to read it with me? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And I know that there are those of us here today who can read that verse, who can proclaim it and feel it and mean it from deep within their soul. Praise God, because he is good. And then too, I'd be naive to think that there are those in our midst who couldn't profess that with the same sort of gusto. I think there are people in our midst here and watching online and, and people we encounter who would, who would really be challenged with that reality that God is good. Maybe that's not their perception right now. Maybe those who would even question, I don't know, is God good? And on a surface level, perhaps, we could hardly blame them, really. I think that sometimes there's a real disconnect between hearing God is good and then looking around in our world and seeing the things that are happening, sometimes pure evil in the world. We know what the news is like. Does God seem good? We know today that there are those sharing, even with us here, who are unwell, who are struggling with illness and sickness, and sometimes it's debilitating and soul-crushing. Is God good? What about the depravity we see in the world, the poor? Many are starving to death. People persecuted for their faith, for what they believe giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And that's not even taking into account the natural disasters that happen in our world. And I know I'm kind of piling it on here, but we can't ignore this reality, right? Because this is what the world sees when they look. This is what those outside the goodness of God, those who don't know God, they look around and they go, how, how can we say God is good? What about this flood or this storm? Or this famine. We've had the question. We've maybe asked it ourselves, but certainly we've had it from someone who doesn't believe. If God is so good, how could he allow this to happen? Right? You ever get that? Yeah. See, when our scope is limited to simply what we see or what we experience in the world around us, it's easy to come to that false conclusion. And I want to encourage you, and I know this is probably not how you thought a Thanksgiving sermon would go today, but I promise you. But it's important to, to think about these things, because the reality is, that's what, you know, those who need to hear the good news of who Jesus Christ is, those who need to hear God is good for his love endures forever, give thanks to him. That's where they're at when they look around. And that's their perspective. 
I think sometimes it's easy for us as Christians to just throw around passages of Scripture without truly thinking through the impact that they can have on our lives and on those around us. And we can't be frivolous with that. I mean, if we want to grow deep in our faith, if we are to be disciples of Jesus, then we can't be afraid to explore Scripture and to prayerfully think about these things. These questions matter because we aren't the only ones thinking them. If we are to be a transforming influence, if we're to share the love of Christ with people who so desperately need to experience it, if we're to have opportunities to shine as a light on a hill, as Christ calls us, if we're going to proclaim that, yes, God is good, then we cannot shy away from the felt reality and experiences of those who need our message. Because if not, we're irrelevant. And that's not who God is calling us to be. So we gather today in thanksgiving, in gratitude to God. But what about those who don't feel blessed? Those who are facing those hard circumstances. How, how, can, how is it that they can proclaim that God is good? And it's a hard reality. But it's not a unique experience. See, when I need truth and, and wisdom and more, I don't know the answer or where to go, I go to God's Word. And in the passage we read today, just listen here from verse 4. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died, the New Living Translation says. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And so we're not that far removed. There's some familiarity here in the experiences we have in our world today and in the days of the psalmist. And so how is it then that he, the psalmist, in his day can acknowledge this kind of distress? We were so hungry, we nearly died. How is it they can acknowledge that distress and yet begin this passage by proclaiming, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And I think the answer to that question is rooted in the second half of both of those verses, of both of those passages. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, but it continues. He rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. So let them praise the Lord for his great love. And then, Psalm 107, verse 1, how we start. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Why? His faithful love endures forever. See, the emphasis here is on God's love. Regardless of the circumstance, we experience God's great and faithful love, some translations say. And that's the key word here, love. And it's not just the key word for us, but the type of love that's described. We're fairly limited in our English language for the word love. We basically just have one love, right? And it's very different. I love my dog. I love my wife. Not the same, right? I love fishing. I love my kids. I love mints. You know, like peppermints? Love them. 
I love Jesus. Same word. Very different meanings and expressions and understandings of what that is. And the Hebrew language is not like that. And in these verses, the psalmist uses the word chesed. It's that Hebrew chesed with that little ch in there. Chesed. And it's used to describe how God loves. And I tell you this because it matters. This kind of love is representative of one who cares deeply. Hased love is unfailing. It represents loyalty and devotion and kindness. It's, it's rooted in relationship, especially covenant relationship. It's love that's not conditional or based on worth, but rather an expression of one's character. Being generous and loving and self-sacrificing. It reflects promise-keeping loyalty. That kind of love. You getting a picture? Now for those of you who would be familiar, it's the same word that is used quite often to describe God's relationship with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob back in Genesis. It's this hased love. This idea of describing how God loves them, how he is committed to them. They are his people and he is their God. And if you're not familiar with the story of Abraham, I'd encourage you to read it. Genesis chapter 12, wonderful, amazing, God-glorifying ark between Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And you see God's blessing through that. And we have an understanding from those passages about covenant and what chesed love looks like. But for now, if you're not familiar with that, Again, Genesis 12, read it. But perhaps then another way we can understand it is that said love is best perhaps represented by a long-standing committed marriage relationship. It's sort of the best we've got. In one of our previous churches, Carolyn and I under our, our ministry there, we had a dear, godly couple as part of our church, retired Salvation Army officers, and they were lovely. And during our time as pastors there, um, the wife in this couple, she got pretty sick, very sick, eventually developed Alzheimer's disease and ended up very quick, quickly, sort of a rapid decline to a place where she couldn't walk. She couldn't talk, couldn't care for herself, couldn't eat, uh, and really just existed in one of those big chairs in a nursing home. So quick we watched this happen. And so, her husband would every morning, he'd go to the nursing home, every morning without fail would go to the nursing home. And he'd get her out of bed and put her in the chair. And then he would take her down. They'd get breakfast. He'd brush her hair first, you know, and do those things, get her dressed. Then feed her breakfast and read to her. That's a said love. And he would say to the nurses, they'd say, you know, we, we could take care of this. It's our job. And he says, no, no, no my job. That's Hased love, all right? That's what we're talking about. 
Give thanks to the Lord for he is good because he loves you like that and more besides. And now listen, circumstances still come, all right? We live in a fallen world, one that has been corrupted by sin. So bad things happen, terrible things, evil things may still happen to all of us. We exist in a fallen world, one that is tainted by sin, and it colors everything. And so things are going to get hard, and we're going to have trouble in this world. But into that space, God says, I love you, and I'm demonstrating it. Just listen to Paul. He says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for someone who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. See, that's Hesed love in action. Through the life and death and and resurrection of Jesus, God has opened up a new future for all who would believe in him. And God did this because it is who he is. Because he's loving. Because he's eternally loyal to his promise. Because he loves us. John 3 and 16, you know it well. You want to read it with me? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. And that's Jesus Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Why do we count him good? Because his love endures forever through Christ. See, when we experience the purity and and power and perfection of God's loyal love shown through Jesus, then it moves us to reimagine why and how we can show that same Hesed love back to him. And because Jesus lived that out in our world, we too are called to live out the same kind of committed, loyal, self-sacrificing love to others. I think honest gratitude before God recognizes that it requires a response. We love God because he loves us. And because he loves us, we love others. Simple as that. Remember how we started this, our time? God's has said love is how we can proclaim in the midst of hard and challenging, rough days, even life-threatening circumstances. God's has said love is how we can say amidst all of that that he is good and that his love endures forever. 
See, we have so much to be thankful for. And because of his love, his chesed, we can proclaim it from the depths of our heart. This Thanksgiving Day and every single day that follows. You read it with me? You get it on the screen? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. I'm going to invite our worship team to come, and we're just going to pause and pray. Lord, we come before you this day recognizing the blessings that are ours, professing that you are good, and so we give you thanks. And you are good because your love endures forever. God, we thank you for how you love us. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who is that said love personified to us, who taught us how to live, who taught us how to work and serve others, who taught us how to love you. And we thank you because through his life and death and resurrection, we can be made right. We can be saved and truly experience your chesed love. So God, I pray a special blessing over my church today that you would draw near and, and remind us, speaking within us, your chesed love, that we would be moved to love you in the same way that you love us, deeply committed, embracing the connection that is ours through covenant because of Christ. And to God, I pray that you would move us to serve others as we serve you. That we would seek to be that transforming influence in our world. That in dark days, we would bring hope because we speak your name. Bless your church, God. Journey with us. And use us for your glory each and every day. And may we always be found singing and praising you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. We worship your holy name. And we come before you each and every moment with gratitude. Proclaiming, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His love endures forever. May it be so in our lives, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Team leads this morning. I'm going to invite you to dwell on those words. To think about that. We hear the tune, Bless the Lord, O my soul. We've got 10,000 reasons, the songwriter says, to be found in gratitude before our God. And so today, I pray that as we share in this song, as we move from this place eventually, that we would go forward singing those words, Bless the Lord, O my soul, for he is good and his love endures forever. Let's share it.